0: Well, we're in Matthew chapter 11 tonight, uh, today, the three very uh, familiar verses with us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Um, if you want to turn there and get ready, uh, we're going to be there this morning. But you know, um, uh, I, I got to admit to you, like as I begin this morning, and some of you may know this or may not know this, but like a couple of days ago, like my frustration level with the whole pandemic situation kind of hit the bursting point and I kind of let a lot of stuff out. Uh, which I regret now. And, you know, uh, my frustration has just been extreme over this. And, you know, there's just so many things, right? And the inability to meet and the inability to do this and the inability to do that and not being able to see family and on and on it goes. And so I was just kind of raging in my own little world there because, after all, you know, when I rage, it's going to change the world, right? So, you know, I was really wrestling with these things and struggling with... Um, All of that. And, you know, that kind of led to that Facebook post that I put on Friday night that some of you saw. And that's kind of leading into the message today because the Lord really spoke to my heart through that. And so um, that's where we're going to be today. Um, But, you know, the, the reality is, right, that our anger and our rage can never do what is right or accomplish what is right in God's sight. The Bible says that the wrath of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And so whenever we're angry and we're lashing out, in that moment, wherever we are, as parents with our kids, as between other adults, with our government leaders, whenever we're raging in anger, the righteousness of God will not be accomplished. And we need to remember that sometimes. And I think, you know, who am I anyway? This, you know, this little tiny taxpayer in Cape Breton Island, you know. (laughs) And not many people are listening. But we rage, right, and our anger doesn't produce what is right in God's eyes. And you know the reality is, as I think about that, right, the the my frustrations with all of the, the restrictions are quite minor in comparison to the real burdens that people do face in this life. Because frankly, what we face here is is nothing compared to what many people around the world are facing, and those burdens are significant, right? And and, and there's people that are bearing the burden today of addiction to alcohol or to drugs, and that's a massive burden in their life, right? There's people that are bearing the burden of broken relationships, broken marriages, broken friendships. It's a a massive burden that people carry around with them, right? There's the burden of financial problems, that weigh us down and we wonder how are we ever going to make this and we're going to lose everything. And I've been in those situations throughout my life, right? Those burdens that are with us. And then sometimes as Christians, right, it's the the burden of our own failure as God's people, the burden of our weaknesses, the burden of our the sin nature that we still wrestle with all the time that's constantly dragging us down, right? So there's very real burdens out there. And the burden of the pandemic, frankly, is quite minor in comparison to those real things, right? But all of these things, whatever burdens we carry in life, because we all do at some point, and maybe not right this second, but we've been there or we will be there, right? They they cause us to be very tired. And they cause us just like, just want to give up and just go lay down in a corner somewhere. And they they kind of weaken us and weary us, right? And so the question this morning then, what is the answer for this? Is there any relief for the burdens that we face no matter what they are by the way and we'll address some of the current ones in the media today is there any way to find true rest is there something or someone that can lift us out of the problem that we are in is there any reason for hope and of course i hope you know with me right now right where we're going with this of course the answer to all those is yes and we're going to think about that this morning. So, let's read together the first three these verses together. Matthew 11:28 says, "Come to me," Jesus says, "come to me all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light an amazing passage of scripture that has comforted so many over the years and actually one that I shared with a neighbor of mine just a few days ago uh, as well what an amazing statement that the Lord Jesus brings to us this morning we're going to dissect this verse by verse and dive into it much deeper and I'm just going to get this water going cuz I'm really dry after all that singing and crying <laughs> Okay, so verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And the first thing that we see here is that Jesus' invitation to come is to every single person who is burdened or weary or needs rest. Without question, without distinction. So it's an open invitation to all who are in this condition. And perhaps you're here this morning and you're carrying burdens. I don't know exactly. Uh, perhaps you're here this morning and you're weary. And you're tired of it all. Are we ready to throw in the towel, as it were, right? Well, if you're here this morning and you're tired, if you're here this morning and you're burdened, if you're here this morning and you feel like giving up at times, you're the exact person that Jesus says, come to me. And friends, I think this is a, a great verse. It has equal application to the person who doesn't know the Lord yet as it does to those who do uh, as well. And we're going to consider it from both of those angles this morning. But isn't it interesting, right, that, that, that not only does Jesus make the invitation, but he, he wants us to come. He wants us to come. He's saying come. Why? Because he wants us to come. He wants you. And he wants you. And he wants me. And he wants everyone to come to him. And that is a very precious thought this morning. That God wants me to come to him. It's his desire. But he's the perfect gentleman. You see, he doesn't force himself on people. And we have that decision to make. But the invitation is open to all who wish to come to Him. If you're burdened at all, if you're weary at all, uh, come to Jesus. He wants us to come. He bids us to come. His desire for us is to come. And in Him, we will find all that we need. And if you're here this morning and you've never yet made that decision to receive Him as your Savior, don't ever think for a minute, right, that you're beyond the grace of God or that somehow your sins are too great for you to come to God. I've met lots of people in life who actually think that. And we might find that hard to believe and yet it's true for a lot of people they struggle with the things they've done in their life and they feel they've gone too far for god you know god can forgive somebody else but not me it's too great and yet jesus says come he says come and i want you to come to me with all of those burdens that we bear don't ever feel that you're beyond jesus wants you to come today no matter who you are no matter what you've done and it's such good news to share with people and uh, I was just sharing that with my neighbor this week, you know, and he really struggles with this at this point with the shame of his life and the things he's done. And it's such a joy to be able to share with people that no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, Jesus says to come and he wants you to do so. And he will welcome you when you do so we can come to Christ this morning. If we're a Christian this morning and we're weighed down as I was Friday night before the Lord spoke to my heart through this passage of scripture you know and my little hissy fit and my little rage war um you know uh you know the, the point is as christians right we're also to come to him you know we already know him he's already our savior the spirit of god is already with us nonetheless right when we turn our eyes away from the world and towards him we will find what we need for our souls as christians too Right, and sometimes we get off track a little bit and we're looking too much at the world and that was me right? and we look at what's going on in politics and in finance and in this and in that and we start to worry and, and on and on it goes about the future which we have no control over and we turn back to Christ again and, and come to him, come to me come if you're weary and if you're burdened, so if we're a Christian this morning we can come and find rest and that word for rest just simply means to stop doing a task that is hard to do you know stop doing something that's that's hard to do and so the first principle we see right is that we are to turn to jesus if we're burdened and if we're weary that's where we should go that's where we're going to find answers that's where we're going to find the rest that we need so desperately for our souls it won't be found anywhere else and you know i've never known a person who has turned to christ and has ever regretted it i've never met one (laughs) he's just good And he says, come to me, and I will take those burdens and those cares, and I will give you rest. So if we're burdened and tired this morning from the pandemic and all that's related to it, good, let's talk about Jesus, because he's the answer. He is the answer. And we need to make sure that we are ready for eternity because He is coming soon. And He is the answer and He will take that burden from us. You know, are we burdened this morning by the racism that's, you know, uh, all over the world and, and, the, and the response to it and the violence and the, the, the protests? Good, let's talk about Jesus because, friends, He is the answer for racism. I don't need any other strategy, sorry to tell you, because Jesus brings everybody together in the same body, in the same church, loving one another, and he breaks all those barriers down. In him there is no division. There's no one people better than another. He is the answer for that. So if we have those burdens this morning, He is our answer. If we're burdened and tired out by the financial crisis that our governments are facing, turn to Christ. He is the answer for that because He has the riches of heaven. And when we put our faith and trust in Him, we get the same inheritance He does. Future. But He is our provider. And He's promised to take care of us. He is the answer, friends. So if you're burdened this morning by fear of the future, fear of death, fear of eternity, turn to Christ. Come to Him. He will take that burden and He will give you rest for your soul. So that's our first verse. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There is rest in Jesus alone. And there's so many things. Even as a Christian, I can try to find my hope and my rest in. And it will... Come up empty. But when I turn to him, boy, I find the fulfillment that I need. Complete satisfaction for every need. So let's look at how this works in verse 29. He says, Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble or gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Well, what is a yoke? Well, uh, especially some of our younger people might not know unless you grew up around a farm, but you know, if you go way back in farming, you know, like a hundred years or more than a hundred now, You know, 150 years ago what they used to do when they were plowing and actually if you've seen the Amish or the Mennonites the old order, you'll see them still doing this they will take, it used to be a block of wood and they would put it across the necks of two animals oxen, right? and uh, they would tether the two animals together neck to neck, side by side so that they could pull the plow or whatever implement through the field and so now you've got twice the horsepower and they're pulling side by side and they're bearing that load together so that's what a yoke is It's to take that block of wood and put it over the necks of two animals standing side by side and lock them together. That they can't get away from each other. They can't wander off. They're teamed up together with restrictions. That's what a yoke is. And Jesus says to take my yoke and learn from me. So the idea here is that when we take up the yoke of Christ, you see, we're joined together with him as we live this life and as we walk through this life. So that I'm no longer walking alone by myself, but I'm rather I've got Jesus right here. He's right here. I'm right there with him, side by side, all the way through, yoked together with him, cannot be separated. That yoke, of course, is, is achieved through faith. When we put our faith and our trust in him and we turn to him, right? Then we are yoked with him. And that's the whole point. We want to put on the yoke of Christ and walk with him through this life, day by day, step by step, side by side, as it were, with the Lord. And we're joined together. And I want you to notice here, though, that there's a big difference in the yoke of Jesus. And we're going to talk a lot more about this, right? But it's a yoke of learning. It's not a yoke of burden, actually. There's actually no work associated with it. It's a yoke of learning. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And so the idea, then, is that as we are joined to Christ, right, we are going to learn from him. Because He actually bears the burden all by Himself without any participation from us. In fact, He's already carried them all to the cross. He bears them for us continually now. And that's why in 1 Peter 5-7 it says that we are to cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for you. And it's like we take that big sack of 50-pound sack of potatoes we got over our back and we say, Lord, I can't carry it anymore. I'm giving it to you. And I'm leaving it with you. I can't deal with it any longer. And that's exactly what He wants us to do. He does not call us or expect us to carry that load by ourselves. He will carry it for us. So the burdens are gone. This yoke is not about burden. This yoke is not about work. This yoke is about learning. And we come to Christ and we can cast all of our cares on Him. Something that's very hard to do, isn't it? You know, we like to worry and fret. And we like to carry those things ourselves, actually. If we're honest with ourselves at times. Some people, we struggle with this at times. Like, I can't let that go. I mean, how can I be a responsible parent if I'm not worrying all the time? <laughs> Does that resonate with anybody? You know, <laughs> uh, you know, how can I be you know, a good day if I'm not just constantly filled with fear and worry and fret? But that's what we do, right? And we, we have a situation in front of us. We can't let it go. We're hanging on to it. It's like, I can't even give it to the Lord. I don't even know how to do that. But he tells us, look, throw it on me cast it upon me i will carry it you cannot carry it alone and as we know those things will weigh us down in this life and they will destroy us and we cannot carry those burdens alone so we're yoked together with the savior who carries the burden for us the side of our yoke is light and easy we're going to talk about that jesus carries the burden and so we are not yoked together for work but for learning we're not yoked together for work but for learning what does that mean well as we, live, as we walk each day, step by step, beside the Savior, we, are, we learn, number one, how to live. Because that walking with the Lord, step in step with Him, means we're going to be in His Word and we're going to be hearing His instructions for us. And He's going to be teaching us, this is the way, walk in it. And so the first thing we do is we're yoked up with Him as we learn how to live. Because He gives us the instruction manual in His Word. Right, and we have the Word of God to teach us how to live and how to deal with the situations of life. You know, I was talking to my neighbor this week, and one of the things he struggles with is, um, you know, a quick tongue of anger. Have you ever lashed out at somebody in a fit of rage? I have. Right, just on the spot, bam! Right, <clears throat> and he admits that's one of his problems. And I said, "Well, you see, the Scriptures tell us that a soft answer turns away wrath." A soft answer turns away anger. And so Jesus tells me, Mark, don't speak like that to other people. And it's going to go better for you in life. Give a soft answer, son. And when you give a soft answer to somebody, it just diffuses the situation and it's done. That person who's raging at you, what are they going to say now? Fires out. Gasoline's been removed. And so that's just a small example, right? But when we're yoked to Christ, we walk with Him day by day. We learn how to live through His Word. It, gives, it tells us how to live. The best life that we can possibly live in this in this world, and you know the rules of God, by the way. And there aren't many rules. You know, people have this idea that the Bible is a big book full of rules. It really isn't. It has definitely guidelines and instructions for us, but they're quite straightforward and simple. And they're summarized in two great commands that Jesus gave. Right, love the Lord your God with everything you got. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything hangs on those two. That's where it begins. That's the foundation of everything. But everything that God gives us in His Word is actually to protect us. And to give us the best possible life here on the earth if we will walk in His ways, right? And we could go on and on about all of the truth of this, right, as it applies to human relationships, as it applies to how we interact with one another and, and what we set our hearts and our minds to, right? But the reality is that the, the, the Bible also tells us right, that we reap what we sow and sometimes we make bad decisions and we reap the consequences because we fail to be walking in step with Christ day by day. So number one, we learn how to live. The second thing is that we learn about God's love and care for us as he shoulders that burden. As we're able to cast it on him, we will learn of God's great love and care for us. And sometimes we can struggle with that, even as Christians, and we think we've gone too far this time. We've committed one too many sins. I'm too much of a failure for God. He he doesn't like me anymore. But that's never true, right? That's the devil's lie. But as I walk step by step with Christ, yoked with Him, I will learn of His great love for me as He carries my burdens continually and as He is so kind and gracious to me day by day as He shoulders the burdens on my behalf. And thirdly, we will find the rest that we so desperately need because we're no longer walking alone. And that is such a truth in life, right? We know that, that going it alone is difficult. Going it with somebody else is a whole lot better, right? That's why God made man and woman to come together and be together because we're fulfilled and complete in that relationship, right? Now, some of us are bachelors by God's grace, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But, but generally speaking, right, it's two are better than one, and there's nothing better than, and, or with a, a very close friend, right? Working on a job together is better with two. It's better with three. And so we're walking side by side with Christ. And we, we have a friend who will never leave us and who will never forsake us. And we learn of, uh, and we, we find the rest we so desperately need because we're no longer alone. You see, Jesus has suffered more than we can ever possibly comprehend. I mean, we have the scriptures that tell us about his suffering in the Gospels. But friends, we don't really fully understand it, do we? I mean, whatever burdens that we have lived with in this life, right? Jesus has taken a million times more than you or I could ever be burdened with. No matter how tough your life has been, no matter how deep the waters that you have gone through, Jesus has been already through them all. Why? Because when he was on that cross, he bore the burden of everything that you will face, that I will face, and of the sins of this entire world. He knows, friends, this morning about your burden and mine. He's already carried it. He's gone before us and he knows intimately what we are going through. Are you, are you worried about the wrath of God? Jesus has borne that. He has borne the burden of that. He knows the weight of it as God dealt with him for the sin of the world. You and I will never know what that's like. He does. Personally, experientially. He has carried the burden of separation from God that you and I will never face as we know Him. Because that's His promise, you see. If we take Him by faith, we'll never be separated from God. And we sing about the joy of that this morning. We think about our future inheritance and presence with the Lord. Jesus has borne the burden of separation from God that you and I will never face. He has carried the burden of rejection of everyone in His life. Except for those faithful few ladies who followed Him. But all the guys, all the disciples, all the apostles, they all forsook him and fled, the Bible says, in his hour of need. They left him behind. The only ones who were faithful were, you know, Mary and Martha and the other Mary. (laughs) You know? They were there. They didn't leave him, but everybody else forsook him. He has borne the burden, friends, and he has gone before us. And so when we yoke up with him, we are yoking up with somebody who absolutely knows everything that we have experienced by his own personal experience. Now, you know, he was never dealing with addiction and things like that. But nonetheless, he, in paying for your sin and for mine at the cross, he understands it completely because he himself bore the penalty of it. Isaiah chapter 50 tells us that he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains absolutely he knows everything that we have gone through and he has carried a burden far greater than we will ever experience and so when we come to him and we take that yoke upon us and we learn from him friends we are learning from one who has experienced the greatest burdens of the universe and one who knows intimately what we are uh dealing with in our lives what a, an amazing person, person to come to so that's what it means to yoke up with christ there's no work involved But we also see in this passage, right? It says, what what does he say? Because I am lowly or gentle and humble in heart. He's, He's gentle and humble in heart. This is, I think, maybe the only place in the New Testament where it actually tells us what the heart of Jesus Christ is. And it's very clear. I am gentle and lowly in heart. That is the heart of Christ. We don't have to presume what his heart is. He has told us already, he's gentle, he's humble. And he, he is that as the Son of God, as a second person of the Trinity. Praise the Lord. This is the one that we come to. This is His heart. And when we come to Him, we don't find one who is harsh. And we don't find one who wants to ruin us and crush us and destroy us. Oh yes, God is judge. And He will judge the world. But the heart of God is mercy, not judgment. He delights in mercy. He does not delight in judgment. He will judge the world by righteousness because He has to. He's reserved that day, and that day will come. But in the meantime, He is giving us as much time as possible for people to turn to Him in repentance and faith. Because that is the heart of God. And so when I come to Him, I will not find a harsh judge, but I will find a caring and concerned and humble Savior who welcomes me into His presence when I turn to Him by faith. That is the heart of Christ. That is the heart of the Son of God. He is gentle, and He is lowly. Friends, if you're like me, uh, perhaps in your Christian walk, you have struggled with this your relationship with the Lord in these terms. I, I I I have, and I do. And I just finished reading a book I would commend to you. If you want the name of it, I'll give it to you later. But it's called "Gentle and Lowly: The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers" by Dane Ortland, and it is excellent. And I would highly recommend it to you. If you if you ever struggle about your standing with the Lord and what God thinks of you when you commit sin, I would encourage you to read this book, Gentle. And lowly the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers. And we find in Christ a gentle and a lowly heart who welcomes us to come to him. And so whatever has us burdened, whatever has us tired, when we come to the Lord Jesus, we will find somebody who is very gentle with us. And who is humble. Who is caring and is concerned and is compassionate. And we will find the answers to our cares of mercy and grace. And if you don't yet know the Lord, you can And you will find him to be the same way he will receive you. And we can come to Jesus and find the compassion we need. Isn't it amazing to think about what it means to be yoked with him? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. This is the place of rest. And boy, how do we need that rest? I need that rest. I I got that rest on Friday night when I shared that post. And as the Lord, just as I just turned back to Christ, just that rest in Him, it's like, Lord, everything is good now. That's right. Because He is God. And He is the Savior. And He is the judge of this world. And He will do all of His goodwill in His good timing and way. And I don't need to worry about that. I can trust it to Him and cast that burden upon Him. Friends, we need rest this morning. And we will find it in Jesus Christ nowhere else. And that doesn't mean that we can't try to get help with our problems from various places. That's not what I'm suggesting, right? We need we need our doctors and we need our, our meds and we need all those things are all fine, right? That's That's good. We should definitely take advantage of those things. The Lord has given us those things to use, but we must turn to the Lord Jesus and we will find the rest, the true rest that we need for our souls in this burden of life. And then finally, in verse 30, he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this. You know, the yoke of old days for farmers was not an easy yoke. It was to make sure that both animals were basically giving, you know, pulling 50% of the load. It kept the two animals, the two oxen, side by side. Each one's given 50% effort. In our case, we give 0% effort. And Jesus does 100% on his side of the yoke. That's why it's easy and it's light. The yoke of Christ does not come with a heavy burden. There's nothing heavy about it. The heavy burdens come through the religions of this world that put tons of requirements on people and say, "Oh well, you know, if you want to go to heaven, you got to do this, and 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 you got to give me this much money, and you got, you know, on and on it goes with the requirements." That's a heavy yoke that is laid upon the backs of people in this world, and just like the Pharisees' day of of Jesus' day, right? The Pharisees, the religious rulers of the Jews, were laying all kinds of rules on the people that they had to obey that weren't even from the word of God. And Jesus had this to say about them in Matthew 23. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. And that, my friends, is a heavy burden. And that's, a, you know, sometimes even today, churches can be guilty of this as we put traditions uh, equal to the Word of God. As we put, you know, uh, our preferences for how things should be done. And we weigh them on people and say, well, you have to do act like this and dress like this and do this and do that. And we put all these burdens on people, but Jesus' burden is light. He doesn't do that. His yoke does not come with a whole bunch of preconditions and, and, and religious duties and, and obligations. His yoke is about learning, not about work, because see, Jesus has done all the work. And we can't, we don't yoke up with Him so that somehow we can impress Him and say, see, I'm getting ahead of you, Lord. No, no. Oh, no, no. He, he's already borne the burden, friends. He's already gone to the cross. He's already paid for our sins. There's nothing more to do except receive it as a gift and to, to walk with Him day by day. So Jesus, yoke is easy and His burden is light and it's so good. It's so good to just rest in the Lord, right? Because we know as the Lord's people that our hope is is 100% on His finished work at the cross not on anything I can do. I, I can't add to my salvation. I can't do anything to add to it. He's done all that glorious work. And so when I come to Him, right? And, and that's kind of like, it, it's a long discussion in the book of Hebrews about the Sabbath rest, right? That's a picture of the rest that we enter into as Christians when we put our faith in Christ, that we enter into this rest where work ceases. And spiritually speaking, when we put our faith in Christ, we're enjoying a permanent Sabbath. We, there's nothing left to do. We just need to walk with Him and learn from Him day by day as He carries that burden for us, as He showers His mercy and grace upon us, as He is gentle and lowly towards us, and He just bears our burdens and we find rest in Him. It's so good. It's so good that I don't have to worry about my future because it's it's put fully in Christ. My trust is in Him. And so He asks us to cease from our labors and to enter into His rest. And how do we do that? How do we take this yoke? It's a simple matter of receiving the Lord Jesus by faith. As I was telling my friend the other day, I said, step number one, we have to agree with God. This is mandatory. God does have requirements on how we come to Him, by the way. We can't make that up either, right? Number one, we have to agree with Him on His assessment of us. And that's a tough thing for us sometimes to get by, right? But the bottom line is, the Bible says all have sinned, all come short of God's glory. We're all on the same ground. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We have to come to that place in our life where we realize that and admit that to God. And number two, we simply ask God to forgive us of our sins and to receive Him as our Savior. Surrender our hearts to Him. And in that moment, we receive the gift of eternal life. And we will find the eternal rest eternal life that jesus has promised to us and then as we live out this life we want to yoke up with the savior be in his word be in prayer walking with him every day and we will find the rest that we desperately need in the burdens of life so there's the challenge for us today Uh, here this morning if you've never come to christ have you ever thought about that have you ever come to him are you burdened at all are you weary at all you can come and in him you will find everything free as christians right let's let's turn back to him come to me he says <laughs> i think it applies just as much to me as somebody who's never heard of the lord come to me mark In all of your burdens in this life and all of your cares you've taken your eyes off of me son you're getting ahead of me you've taken that you know yoke back up with me come walk beside me And as I do that, I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to find the rest that we desperately need. It's found in no place else, friends. And so let's just read those three verses together again as we close. Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, we're so thankful this morning. Uh, for the, the desire of Jesus for us to come to him, Lord, and find rest. And we thank you, Lord, that his burden is light and easy. We thank you that his heart, Lord, is gentle and lowly. And we thank you, Lord, that he is just so good. Lord, that he has done everything for us. And, Lord, I just pray for each one here this morning that, Lord, they would know your peace and your joy this morning. Father, you've come. You've sent your Son that we might have life, that we might have it abundantly. Lord, you've sent your Son that we might have joy to its full. Lord, you've sent your Son that we might have peace with God this morning. Lord, the forgiveness of our sins. And so Lord, we thank you that you will carry our burdens, Lord, as we cast them on you. And that you will give us rest. So Father, bless each heart, bless each family, and bless our day. Lord, we're so thankful again for this time we've been able to share together as your people. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.